We get it. You're busy. You don't have time to waste on the mainstream media. That's why Salem News Channel is here. We have hosts worth watching, actually discussing the topics that matter. Andrew Wilkow, Dinesh D'Souza, Brandon Tatum, and more. Open debate and free speech you won't find anywhere else. We're not like the other guys. We're Salem News Channel. Watch anytime on any screen for free 24-7 at snc.tv. And on Local Now, Channel 525. You can do what you want to us, but we're not going to sit here and listen to you badmouth the United States of America. Gentlemen! Good morning, America. This is The Weekend Answer. I am Jim Righeimer, and my normal host here today would be Garrett Faye, but Garrett's got a bit of a cold, so he's not in the studio this morning. So I'll be handling the show uh, by myself, so give me a little bit of mercy. got a lot of buttons to push around here, a lot of things to make happen. i got JJ Engineering. Listen, we're going to talk about the stories that happened this last week uh, in the United States, across the country. Um, there's always a lot of news, and basically the Biden administration has done so many things um, that there's just not enough time in the show to kind of go through the news of what's happening in the country right now out there. We've had so many big issues that have happened. Um, the biggest issue has been happening right now has really been going on with, with the, uh, the vote in the Senate and then the House with regards to the trillions and trillions of dollars that they want to spend. The problem is, is that it's probably not going to happen. More and more chances of them not being able to get through these trillion-dollar bills is starting to happen because we're seeing senators. Um, the obvious ones is Joe Manchin and, and Kristen Cinema from Arizona um, saying there's certain things they don't want to have in the bills. Like uh, Joe is from uh, West Virginia where they mine coal. He doesn't want to have stuff in the bill that says that there's going to be a tax on coal, a carbon tax on coal. Wipe out all those jobs. Cinema doesn't want to have... The taxes raised across the country somehow thinking that we're going to bring a lot of money in. But basically, what's happened is you've got the very left liberal side of the party saying, hey, if you don't give us what we want, we're not going to vote for the more moderate thing. So it's not going to be, at least let's get something done. It's going to be kind of like burn the town down. If we don't get everything, we're not going to go ahead and do anything about it um, there. And so that's really kind of what... uh, the problems been, but one of the things is that they continue to say that this tax plan, this multi-trillion-dollar plan, and I know when people talk about dollars and money, they 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 kind of glaze over. And trillions of dollars, what's trillions of dollars? It's it's just there there are amounts that are beyond anything we've ever spent before by multiples, not by a little bit. And then the Democrats are coming out, and and Biden administration is coming out and saying, ah, it's free. It doesn't cost anything. So why don't we, JJ, why don't we go to um, um, the free clip um, for, for, uh, for Biden? I think it's uh, two. When you talk about the number, we shouldn't even talk about the numbers because it's all paid for, written in the same piece of legislation. Yeah, this, this is a genius. He sits there and says we have billions and billions of dollars we're going to spend. 
and we're just going to write some legislation. And by writing that legislation, we're going to cover it all and have it all paid for. And who are we going to have it paid for? This is how Joe does it. He goes to the microphone. We're going to have people pay their fair share. It's kind of weird. We're going to have people pay their fair share. That's what we're going to do. Well, Joe, here's the problem that we've got out there. You've got all these billionaires that pay no tax, right? Now, why do billionaires not pay any tax? Because many of these billionaires that we see today, the tech billionaires mostly, I'm not going to say them by name, but you know how they all are. The reason that they don't pay a lot of taxes is, quite frankly, is they don't make a lot of money. They don't take salaries. They don't take cash. They've sold some stock maybe years ago, and they have more than enough to live on, so they don't generate any money. The value of their stock's going up, and so they're worth billions and billions more, but they don't get any cash. They don't get any money. So when Joe Biden and the Democrats say, listen, the rich aren't paying their fair share, we should raise their rate, that doesn't do any good. So think about it. If, 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 you, if you're worth billions of dollars and you don't pay any taxes because of loopholes or whatever, how does raising your rate make it any different? Because you have a higher rate on taxes you don't pay. Who does it hurt? It hurts the guy that got, you know, four dry cleaners that's been working his butt off forever and now making a decent amount of money. And what does a person usually do who has four dry cleaners? They save up money to build another dry cleaner or another business. That's what most business people do. That's why they grow their businesses. They take the capital and the profits they make and they put it back into the business. See, what you want to do is those people have to pay tax on all that money, right? When you build up cash in a business, you pay tax on that money. And so those people are going to go ahead. So when you raise the rate... You're not raising the rate on billionaires because it doesn't really matter to them. They don't really take cash income. They own things. You think you think when when these these tech billionaires fly around on jets, that's like uh, you know a vacation. It's all paid for by the company. They don't pay for their jet travel. They don't pay for the hotels they stay in. They barely pay for the meals they're at because they're always business meals. But they they've taken some money off the table. They paid tax once. It doesn't take millions of dollars to live if you're working for a large multi-billion dollar company, and most of your life and most of your day is spent working. Most of that, therefore, is going to be that. So basically, um, right now, it looks like both bills have really kind of stalled out. Um, the way to do the carbon tax isn't going to happen. All the environmental stuff that was going in their mansions against. Cinema uh, is not going to let the taxes get raised. So the Democrats are very upset. Uh, it's gone from three and a half trillion now to about uh, 1.9, 1.75 to to two trillion. The problem there is you're going to have a lot of the far left in the party say, if we don't get what we want, you're going to get nothing, and they're going to burn the house down. So that's what's going to happen there. The next issue that's coming up, why these things can't move forward, is because of Biden's polls. Now, Biden, you know, Trump always was negative in his polls. When Trump was in there, he was never, very seldom, if he ever was, over 50%. He was always down, but he had a solid base that was there. What are the polls for, for Joe Biden right now? Polls. Supported of him, Quinnipiac, 37%. 37% are supporting what he's doing. Independents are only at 28%, his overall poll. It's, 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 it's the lowest it's ever been. And so, therefore, when you want to push things through, you want to get the President of the United States to get behind things and get those things done, he can't get them done. People just, they're, they're just simply not going to get, get all excited about him. We'd have Ronald Reagan or even uh, Barack Obama would get out there, and if he really wanted to push something through, he'd get out there and start talking to the people. It's called getting to the uh, bully pulpit, and they would make things happen. 
Joe can't do that. President Biden just does not have the pull. I mean, the most you hear about President Biden on the weekend is that football games, and they're saying, F Joe Biden. I mean, this that's unheard of. I have never seen any sporting event where people said anything derogatory about a sitting president to that vulgarity, and they, they're doing it across the country. Why? Because the public is kind of fed up. These things are continuing to go on. Um, we're going to talk a lot about what's going on with COVID. We're, I'm get, everybody's getting sick and tired of COVID. I mean, you know, what are we, what are we doing right now? We're, we're, we're going to fire police officers. We're going to fire airline pilots. We're going to do all this firing of, of people that were you know, a year ago. We called them all heroes. Well, we didn't have a vaccine. They were all heroes, solving problems, helping people, doing whatever. And then now... When the vac when when, the, when COVID is crashing, when the hospitals aren't full, when everything is kind of dying off and the whole case is kind of dying, well, let's go fire these people now. We don't we don't we don't need to have these people anymore. So that's the problem that we're that that we're having out there. And um, the Biden administration, you know, came out strong. They had a lot of things going for them. They had the votes. They had everything there. And you know what? When you when you go for more than you can get, uh, you end up losing out. Coming up, Senate Republicans block a terrible election bill. The CDC says kids will be wearing masks in school forever. And Southwest Airlines drops a stupid COVID policy. Be right back. This is Jim Righeimer here on the Weekend Answer. Garrett Fay is out under the weather today, so I'm carrying the, the load myself. I'm trying to do the best job that I can. I'm having a good time here. I got JJ engineering this, and we're talking about the stories that are happening across the United States of America, uh, what's happening in California, what's happening local. Um, the, the issues that we just talked about earlier, and we're, they're still in there, is, the, is basically the situation that the Democrats have pushed a lot of issues. One we just talked about was the trillions of dollars they're trying to pass. The other thing they're trying to pass is this Voters' Rights Act, which is the most amazing spin you've ever heard in your life. So basically what it is is that states set the rules for how you vote in your state. And what the federal government's trying to do, what the Senate's trying to do, what the Biden administration's just trying to do is take control of elections in states. They just they just want to make sure that people can vote. So what they want to do is do whatever it takes so that people can vote and vote as easily as possible, but with with no restrictions. And what the Republicans are saying is, hey, we want people to vote, more people to vote, and we want to open more voting. And so these these uh, states are opening the right to do mail-in ballots. They're opening the right to vote early. They're doing all those type of things. But they're saying simple things like, oh, by the way. If you do a mail-in ballot, you have to put some information on that card, not just your signature, because we can't match signatures. It doesn't work real well. You got to put your last three numbers, your social security number in it. You got to put the last three numbers, your driver's license, or something on it that we know it's you. No, that would be racist. You can't do that. You cannot do that because 
what what the what the Democrats are saying is that people of color just 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 can't get a driver's license. They can't know what their social security number is. They they have a hard time with their address. It, it's it's actually embarrassing the things they say that people can't do to go ahead and vote. Yet they expect everybody to have a COVID um, uh, app on their phone so that when they go somewhere, they got to go ahead and have COVID to come in, um, make sure they have their, their vaccinations. I mean, it's just crazy. It's just absolutely crazy for them to go ahead and, and say all these things. But, hey, when it comes to voting, it's impossible to understand. So we have to make voting the simplest thing in the world. So um, what happened is that it, in the Senate, it's a 50-50 vote, 50 Republicans, 50 Democrats, and our independents who align with the, with the Democrats. And so what happens is the vote would always be split by the, by the um, vice president would come in, and that's how you, you break a tie. Um, in this case, um, Schumer, the head of the Senate uh, for the Democrats, or the head of the Senate also, voted no against the bill to not move forward so that he would have the right to bring it up later. You can't be on the opposing side of a bill and bring it up later. You have to vote the way the majority voted. So he, so it ended up going 51-49 down, and all these different bills are just crashing and burning because basically the public started to figure it out. These are not really, you know, how do we help people vote and how do we make sure people vote? These are how do we get people elected into office in a system that once it's done, it'll never go back. I mean, one of the things that I always talk about is that we have left and right, we have conservatives and liberals, and we need to work together. You cannot be in a situation where you have one-party rule. Here in California, we have one-party rule. We've had one-party rule for a long time. And I don't mean like 51% to 49%. I mean over two-thirds of the state legislature, Senate, and Assembly are Democrats. They're blue. And less than one-third is Republicans. All the, con- all the constitutional offices are held by Democrats. Basically, the Democrats run the state. And because it's structured that way, there is no give and take, there is no negotiation, there's no balance whatsoever. That's not a good thing. That is not a good thing for the public. That's not a good thing for government when one party takes control. And the same thing as if the Republican Party just took control or the right took control forever and ever and ever. It's not a good thing. You have to have balance out there because we need, we need both sides to kind of understand issues. The problem that we're having with these, these voters' rights bill is they're basically structuring it that the Democrats will take control in certain areas. And if they don't take control, the federal government can come in and do whatever they want to do. Like they don't want to have uh, state legislatures um, draw the border lines in a state. They want to have independent commissions, independent commissions. Well, let me tell you about independent commissions. It's all in the definition of an independent commission. In California, we have independent commissions that, desi- that lay out the lines for, for districts where you vote, um, for, your, for your legislative offices, uh, for your school boards. We have, we have uh, uh, independent committees that do that. Let me tell you something. They, they quote-unquote are independent. They really aren't. When you drill down and start to find out who gets picked for these committees – they're the relative of somebody who's the head of a union. They're the, 
they're the um, uh, the cousin of somebody who's on a school board. They're they're the, they're a family member, or they work for a company that's owned by somebody that is you know is brothers a legislator. I mean, you basically find out that the Democrats are really good at figuring what the rules are and saying they're independent because there are rules like a legislator's wife can't be on or husband cannot be on one of these committees that pick uh, pick these things. It's supposed to be independent. But there's other ways they go around it. In California, it's it's been it's been clear as day that um, the lines have been drawn up by these independent committees, and these independent committees are basically um, run by one of the parties. Well, that's what the feds want to do. They want to have a system set up that the state no longer decides the lines these independent committees do, and they give you the rules of how you pick the independent committees. And let me tell you something. The independent committees basically get gamed. They constantly get gamed in there. So um, one of the races that's coming up, and it's coming up a week from Tuesday, um, and it gives us kind of an an idea of how things are going in in the country, which way it's going, is the governor's race in Virginia. Uh, Terry McAuliffe, who was the former governor, you can, you can, when you run for governor in Virginia, you can run for four years, but you can't do a consecutive term. You can't run the next four years. And, um... He, re- he was the governor before. He's been off. He was the head of the Democrat uh, Party um, for a long time. He's very uh, plugged into the whole Democratic process. Um, when he goes out and runs, you know, the vice president of the United States or the president of the United States will show up, you know, for his events if he needs them to do that. Well, he's running for Virginia governor again, the, the thing that he had before. And um, the public in Virginia, is, it, it's uh, more of a purple state. I mean, it, it, it's, it's blue definitely. Uh, with the governor now, and it's got more congressmen that are uh, Democrats than are Republicans. But it, it's it goes back and forth a little bit. But the public is not going for Biden. I just told you what the polls were for Biden, so that's not really working out too well for him there. And Terry McAuliffe um, is is running, and now all of a sudden the, it's neck and neck. We're talking a a week from this Tuesday, the election's going to be done uh, for for uh, for governor. And, and the polls are so close that they're, they're, they're impossible to call, and they shouldn't be. He was a former governor. He's well-liked in many ways as a, as a person. People like him. He's got a good personality. But some of his policies are awful. One of the things that he came out and kind of showed his true colors is what he feels about schools and school boards. The, the big school board in the country that's kind of letting us know what's happening in the country with school boards is the Loudoun School Board in uh, Loudoun, uh, Virginia. It's a county in Virginia. And um, um, he, basically, they're they're off the reservation lefties. You've got people that are much more conservative that live in there. It's a suburban district. And they're saying, we don't want our kids being taught CRT. We don't want our kids being taught um, all these bizarre um, things, to ta- taught to hate their country, whatever. And, and and so they're showing up at school board meetings, and people are getting arrested. It's, I mean, it's really getting out of hand. Well, it's it's a hot subject. It's a very hot subject. And McAuliffe, well, let, let me let, we'll play the clip. Or let's play a clip. Uh, um, the seven times McAuliffe talked to the parents. Basically, um, let's let's listen to the clip and we'll talk about it after. So, did you misspeak during that debate? No, I was talking about what we need to do: bringing people together. We have the state boards. We have the electoral the uh, election. We have the Board of Education, and we have the local school boards who are all involved in this process. Well, so 
What he basically says, he was in there and he said that parents should not be involved in these decisions. We have school boards that do it. We have a statewide board of education. They're the ones that are supposed to do it. We don't want to have some parents showing up. Well, people got furious about it. And he's running against a guy by the name of Glenn, I think it's Youngkin. And Glenn Youngkin put together an ad. And let's go ahead and, and play the next clip uh, on that one, JJ. Here's the ad. Uh, seven times McAuliffe says sh- parents shouldn't be involved in education. Glenn Youngkin's taking my words out of context. Something you mentioned in Tuesday's debate is um, you said you don't believe parents should be telling schools what to teach. What did you mean by that? Well, first of all, parents should be telling schools that they want their teachers to be vaccinated. Do you think parents should have a say in the curriculum? You don't want parents coming in in every different school jurisdiction. You alluded to parents staying out of this. Uh, We just want to make sure that we're understanding you correctly. Uh, What is your stance on that as far as what school agendas have to say for the kids? First of all, this is determined by the State Board of Education and local school boards. And that's where it should be. Do you still stand by your position that parents should not tell the schools what they should teach? You do not want 25 parents picking books. McCall, let's reply. We have a board of ed and we have local school boards who make the decisions about teaching. I'm not going to let parents come into schools. I don't think parents should be telling schools what they should teach. I don't think parents should be telling schools what they should teach. Now, Now, if that doesn't just put the difference straight out to you, you know, like I said, McCulloch's a nice guy. He gets along with people. He's he's a deal maker. In some ways, people said he was you know okay as a governor. Uh, a lot of the political stuff I might disagree with, but when he comes out there and tells the public, you can't tell schools what they should do. You know that you're going down the wrong tube here. Parents want to be able to tell their local school district what to do, and how do they do that? They do it in elections. They go in there and say, we don't want this happening. This is what we want to do. And and if you don't want to do that, we'll get some other people elected here. Now, for the most part, in school boards, races, if things are going okay, the left has controlled school boards for a long, long time. But for the most part, if the school's doing okay, if kids are being taught, things are okay, parents, they don't get too excited. They don't show up. School board meetings are the most boring thing to go to. And so what's happened here is that the governor's race is is being based on um, what's going on in the school boards. And Terry McAuliffe just hit the third rail right now of politics, which is don't upset parents with kids in school because you know what? They vote. When we return, San Francisco reaffirms why it deserves to fall off into the ocean. And California keeps its mask and vaccine mandate despite low COVID numbers. Coming right back. Righeimer, this is the weekend answer. A beautiful Sunday morning here in California, and we're talking about the issues that have been hot in the United States. Um, a lot of the issues seem to be the same ones. They don't. They don't seem to want to go away. It's almost like when 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 people try to tell you up is down and down is up and things are just wrong. Something's just not working out there. And and you know. What's the line? You know, are you going to believe the government or, or your lying eyes? You're going to believe your lying eyes. I mean, it's just it's just crazy. So these issues keep on coming up, coming up because 
people are constantly being told they're crazy, that what they're doing doesn't make sense, that up is down, down is up. It's, it's not happening anymore. And the issues that are happening, look, this whole, this whole COVID issue, we're on, we're on the tail end of COVID again now, folks, right? People, less people are getting sick. Things are, things are better. Um, you know, they got a vaccine out there. I mean, less, much less people are dying. Much less people are going to the hospital. Yet, what are we doing? Eh, we're firing people. We're firing cops. We're firing airline pilots. We're firing people that who who were heroes before, but now, nope. We can't. We can't have that. We can't have them out there because they're a danger to society. They're a dangerous society to have them out there not vaccinated, even though for the whole year and a half this has been going on, it was okay. Now all of a sudden, when I fly in a plane, it, it's it's not safe. So you know, th- now they're talking about getting vaccines for the kids, right? That's that's the new thing. We're going to have uh, vaccines for kids in schools, and we've got CDC Director Rochelle Walensky talking about that. Play that clip for me, JJ. Dr. Walensky on schools. Yeah, maybe just picking up on that. You know, after we have authorization from FDA and recommendations from CDC, we will be working to scale up pediatric vaccination. That said, it will take some time. And as I just noted, as we head into these winter months, we know we cannot be complacent. We also know that um, from previous data that vac- that schools that have had masks in place were three and a half times less likely to have school outbreaks requiring school closure. So right now we are going to continue to um, recommend masks in all schools for all um, people in those schools. And we will look forward to scaling up pediatric vaccination during this period of time. So so now who are we looking to vaccinate? We're looking to vaccinate the the, the segment of the population that doesn't get the disease, doesn't get sick, um, the chance of dying is, is beyond de minimis, kids. Now we're talking below 11. Now we're talking, what, 5 to 11? They're going to start approving them to, to get their shots, and they're going to make sure that all your pediatricians have the shots ready so when you get all your, your, your regular shots you get as a kid, now you're going to start getting those shots. Um, there's going to be some problems. There's going to be some complications. But, you know, in general, it'll be fine. Unless it's your kid that has that problem. Now, when you start looking at statistics, you start to say, first of all, don't believe how they ever do their statistics. When somebody tells you something's three and a half times or four times and it takes them seven minutes to figure out and explain what it's three and a half times of, what she just did right there, talking about, well, depending on this and if the school's closed, da, 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 da. Listen, what do we know? Kids don't get sick, period. That's what we know. Yeah, do some kids get sick? Do some kids have it? But for the most part, they don't even show, show signs or symptoms of it whatsoever. So it's not a big issue over there. But again, here we are coming at the, the, the tail end of this, and now we're going to go ahead and vaccinate our kids. So what's going to happen soon? You, you, not only do you have to show your, your vaccination when you want to go somewhere, you're going to have to show your vaccination for your kid to go into a restaurant or somewhere else because once they have the vaccinations available, the government's going to want you to do it. So here, here's what's going on. You get an attitude of people in government, some people, and I can say this. I was a former elected official. I was a mayor of a town. And and, and what happens is, is people start getting this power. They start thinking, I'm telling you to do something, and I figured it all out, and I know what's right, and you're going to do it. And the public says, no. They say, really? You're not going to do this? Well, let me show you who the boss is. And then they start putting things together. So no one's making you get the vaccination, but you just can't go into a restaurant. No one's making you get a vaccination, but, you know, they're, gonna, they're talking about stopping flying in America. You cannot get on a plane in America if you don't have 
show show record of vaccination. Now, they haven't done it yet. They've done it in Canada. They've done it in a lot of other countries where you simply can't fly. Um, or if you don't get a vaccination, you lose your job. That, that, you know, hey, it's not a problem, not a big deal, but, you know, you're just going to lose your job. You know, so so go ahead. So here you got somebody who really doesn't want to do it for whatever reasons, medical reasons, religious reasons. It doesn't really matter. Nobody should tell you what you have to shoot in your body. And they say, oh, we're not telling you what to shoot in your body, but you just have to give up your job. You've been a police officer for 15 years. you got a wife and three kids at home. And they just say, hey, just give up your job, not a big deal, uh, or, or get vaccinated. That's what you have to do. And so that's what's happening is that they're forcing more and more people to get vaccinated um, that shouldn't. And then we get to all the crazy stuff happening. So w- what's happening in, in San Francisco? Now, if, if, you're, if, you're, if you're from California or been in California, we have one of the greatest hamburger places in the country. It's known as In-N-Out. In-N-Out is famous. Um, you get your double-double with the grilled onions, you get it animal style, you get any way you want it, but In-N-Out is a famous company, it's iconic, um, they have, you know, good burgers and fries, if there's such thing as a good burger and a fry in these health-conscious days we have now, but they have all those things and actually a pretty good price, and so there's one In-N-Out up in San Francisco, it's up, I think, on one of the uh, the, uh, the the ports up there, one of the areas uh, along the uh, the ocean and um the government came in and says you know you have to check all the customers who come in in san francisco look i don't live in a county that does that but la county and, and san francisco county um you have to show people that you're vaccinated to come into a restaurant and in and out said i don't think so in and out basically said so the health department came in the health department gave him a notice saying you must check everybody's vaccination record now think about it for a second you're working in a restaurant you know um you're behind the counter and people come in you got to say can you show me show me your vaccination show me your vaccination records that's their personal business and i got some kid at a restaurant telling you hey i I need to see your stuff it's like no you're not going to see my stuff i mean that's just none of your business nope that's what the rule is here well in and out said we're not going to have any of it we're not going to put our employees through this we're not going to put um the customers through it we're simply not going to have a situation where we're checking people's ids and their vaccination record to show that they were vaccinated to come in so the health department said then fine we're going to close you down you know what in and out said Fine, we'll close down. We are not going to be an agency, the police agency for some government. So in the end, they they closed them down for people coming inside. They can still do pickup at a window, and so they're doing that. But it's just it's amazing to finally see corporations push back. What happened this last week with Southwest Airlines? Remember a couple weeks ago that Southwest canceled 2,000 flights over a weekend? They said it was weather, and then they said it was air traffic control, none, neither of which was true. It was a bunch of pilots and, and flight control, uh, air traffic controllers are saying, really, we're going to have to show vaccination records or we can't fly? We can't have our job? How about we just don't fly at all? How about we just shut down an airline? Now, they're not allowed to do that. The airlines aren't allowed. The unions aren't allowed to go ahead and coordinate stuff like that. But listen, the work can get around pretty fast when employees say, we're kind of done with this. What are we seeing with other airlines? American Airlines just came out and said, hey, you know, most all of our people... We'll be vaccinated by the date. Everything's going to be fine. They go on and on and on and on. And what's the final thing they say? Or they'll have a waiver. So the corporations are starting to back down. They're starting to realize we're not going to be 
agents of the government to say if somebody's vaccinated. And remember, all the numbers are going down. Everything's fine. A year and a half into this whole COVID situation, and we're, we're taking people's jobs away. Pretty crazy. Coming up, next Netflix employees stage a virtual walkout over the Dave Chappelle special, The Closer. And New York City is removing a statue of Thomas Jefferson because he's not woke enough. Don't change that dial. The morning, the weekend answer with Jim Righeimer. Garrett Fay is out nursing a cold here. He'll be back next week. We're talking about the top issues in the United States, in Southern California, in California, because, you know, what, what happens in California kind of goes across the country. And my gosh, uh, the craziness that we have in the state um, is spreading. It is spreading across the country. Um, items that we always thought were just the crazy California people are popping up all over the place. And uh, But what, what the, here's the good news, folks. People are doing something about it. I, I said over this last summer, I said, if you're going to be upset about what's happened at your school board, having to wear masks, having to um, uh, be told what, what your kids are going to learn and everything else, and you don't show up to a school board meeting, don't come running to me. Because you go to a school board meeting, you'll get some action out of it. And guess what's happening? Across the country, school boards are getting filled up with regular everyday parents. The legislative seats and the and the Senate seats and those kind those are tougher to make a difference on. But parents at local school boards can make a big difference, and so that's happening out there. And you're going to see a lot of school boards change. Um, who's running them? Now, I'm not going to say that the the conservatives are going to control these school boards because for the most part, school boards are run by the left and they have control of all the the seats usually. But you'll start seeing some people speak up and some people get on some school boards, and what that does is. I always say you want to just get two people on a school board because you get a motion in a second. You force the other side to talk about issues that they get done in the dark, and it makes things makes things much better for everybody out there. So that's that's a good item that's happening. But talking about some other issues that are happening across the country, you know, this whole thing of let's tear down statues, let's take away statues, let's have anything about a person that doesn't fit what we think a person should be, a good person in the United States today, if they did anything wrong whatsoever, there is no redemption whatsoever, you tear down their statue. And what's happening is we're obviously having, and people joked about this years ago, oh, sooner or later, I'm going to be taking George Washington and Thomas Jefferson statues down. How ridiculous that is, and people laughed about it. Well, guess what? Thomas Jefferson. I know this guy, he, he was kind of... He kind of did some pretty good stuff. He 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 wrote the uh, with the Declaration of Independence as part of the Constitution. I mean, this guy had been around, done a lot of things. Uh, he has a blemish on his record, and it's a pretty big blemish. He was he was a a slave owner. Of course, he was from what Virginia, where they had plantations, and that was slaves were normal, and there are slaves all around the world, and it, it was not an unusual thing, but. There was no redemption whatsoever. Everything else he did was great. It's gone. We have to get rid of him. So in the New York City um, uh, uh, State House, no, excuse me, the city's, the city's uh, um, council, I guess, board, whatever you have, what you call it there in New York, um, they have a statue of Thomas Jefferson. They're having it no more. 
That statue is being taken down because of all the horrible things that he did. And we can't have a racist here. Now, the thing that you notice about people that get all upset about what we should or shouldn't have and, and who should be here, you know, they're, they're like one item thing. Is, 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 is slavery bad? It was horrible. It's been horrible throughout the whole world. There's been slavery going on for thousands and thousands of years. It's horrible anytime. It's always been horrible. No one's ever going to argue with that. But as times change and we, we, we make a more perfect union, we do things that make our country better, we move forward. And in order to move forward, you have to look at what your past was. Well, here it's like, no, 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 we don't want to have a statue of this guy here. We want to put him in some historical building somewhere or some warehouse, and you can tell about how horrible he was and maybe mention that he wrote the Declaration of Independence. You know, this was back before word processors, guys. It was pretty tough. And then uh, he did a lot of good things and very smart. And But no, we're going we're gonna to go ahead and take down his statue because he was a bad guy. He did horrible things, and we're going to quit talking about him here. So when people joked about it, few years ago, sooner or later, they'll be taking on Thomas Jefferson and George Washington statue. It's happening. They're taking it, it down in, in New York. Another issue that hit, we have the issue in this country, we have the LGBTQ+. Um, what's the Q for? You ever you know, the Q? No, it's not what you think it is. It's questioning. If people are questioning, what's the plus? We just want to say whoever else we're missing out there. So basically what it is is we're, we're, that groups are continuing to try to say how they're aggrieved, what's wrong, all the horrible things that have happened to them, and they keep on adding themselves into a group. And now the group that's really upset is the trans group. Now, I've been around for a long time. I've been around the country. I've been a lot of places. Um, I don't care what you say. You're not going to say that there's some, some massive portion or population of the country's trans. Not. It's just not. It, it's not there. There are there are two genders. There are some issues with some people that have some medical difficulties, but that's very unusual. But for the most part, there's two genders. And we live in a society now that says, no, 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 no. There's as many genders as we want to have. Gender is fluid. I can change my gender. I can be whatever I want to be. Um, I can do whatever I want to do, and I can say whatever I want to say. And not only that, I want you to agree. So if a man decides to be a woman... It's wrong for me to disagree that he's a woman, even though I'm looking at him saying, well, you're a man. I mean, did you even do the surgery? I mean, did the DNA change? No, DNA didn't change. But you want to be called a woman. Now, if you want to be called a woman, and I don't have a big issue with it one way or the other, if that's what I want to be called. But don't have me tell other people, yeah, oh, absolutely, this is a woman when it's really a man. It's not. It's just simply not. I'm not being mean. I'm just being upfront about it. I'm just talking about science and base, basic facts. It's not. It's a man or it's a woman uh, for 99.9% for of the people out there. And so what's, but what's happening is these groups are getting all kinds of power. So what's happened over at Netflix this last week? The, there's a, a Dave Chappelle, and if you haven't heard Dave Chappelle, he's a, a black comedian. been around for a long, long time. He's very out there. And, and a good comedian is. A good comedian pushes the edge of what's uncomfortable. It's what makes you laugh. It's what makes you go, oh, my gosh, did he or she really say that? Did I, did I just hear that coming out of their mouth? Um, he's, he's, he, he's, he uses the N-word, um, things that other, other uh, people won't do. But he'll go out there and he'll talk about hot issues, times of the, of the, 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 that we are in now, and talk about those issues. And obviously the issue is trans. So he's out there saying, listen, there's two genders, and he's got a, a special 
on um, on on Netflix, and the special is doing extremely well on Netflix, extremely well on Netflix. And the CEO for Netflix came out there and said, you know, that there's a freedom of speech and he should be able to speak and do what he wants to do. And, oh, my gosh, the employees at Netflix, the, the trans employees and or the people that support the trans organizations, the trans groups, uh, went crazy. How dare you say that? And um, so he went out and kind of apologized. First rule, number one, never apologize. <laughs> they just they just take your apology, they pocket it, and they go after you again. These are employees. So they had a walkout this last week, Wednesday, a virtual walkout. I like, I like virtual walkouts. You're not going to work anyway, so you just do a virtual walkout from home. You don't actually work on Netflix stuff. You work on something else, and you give to charity. I mean, it's all kind of goofy. They went after the CEO. The CEO responded back. But he didn't, he kind of apologized, but you know, that he didn't communicate properly. But in the end, he's not taking down one of the top shows that's out there. Dave Chappelle is getting great numbers. It's, it's fantastic for, uh, for Netflix to sell more subscriptions. They're not going to get rid of it. And there's a thing called freedom of speech. But no, the people don't want that. They, they want to go ahead and shut him down. So, you know, I, I'll give a, uh, I, on a one to ten, I'll give a seven to the the CEO. At least he didn't totally back down from it over there. And we're definitely going to have some uh, free speech here in America. Coming up, some good news about kindness. Be right back. Jim Righeimer, we are the Weekend Answer. Normally I have Garrett Fay here. Garrett's a little under the weather, but uh, we're finishing up the show strong here on Sunday here in beautiful Southern California. Listen, there's there's always a good story we end up at the end of the show because, listen, a lot of things we talk about are negative out there. Let's talk about something positive. This, this story comes from Arlington, Virginia. There's a Su- Susan Thomas Gaines. And Susan Thomas Gaines wants to do little acts of kindness. Well, the normal person doesn't have a bunch of money to do little acts of kindness. So what does she do? She does a garage sale every year to raise money. And her, the whole community gets out there and raises money uh, with her so that she can have money to do certain things. And what kind of things does she do? She'll go ahead and, and do a, a, an act of kindness. She'll go ahead and bring you know um, donuts to a bunch of nurses. Um, and this one story they have in here, they had a girl that needed a high school dress for her homecoming, and she couldn't afford it. And so they raised some money, and she, and, and she did it. So listen, you can do things even if you don't have money. She went out there and, and did something good for the community. She raised the money, and she's out there helping people. And she gets to do a kind of act, an act of kindness every single week. This is Jim Righeimer, the, the Weekend Dancer. Take care. <laughs> 